Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Joining us today on Brand Story, Inc. is Darren Rankin. Darren has a history of leading agencies with an eye towards helping brands unleash the power of sports and culture to make authentic and impactful connections. He's a graduate of Harvard University, where he was captain of the basketball team. I actually get to see him play in person in the Wayback Machine. (laughs) (laughs) He played professionally, internationally, and uh, guiding teams as part of his his DNA. He's currently the co-owner and CEO of CMD, one of the oldest agencies born in the Pacific Northwest. CMD is a full-impact agency specializing in all things that bring brands to life and drive true business results for clients the likes of Intel, Microsoft, Xbox, T-Mobile, among many others. Prior to CMD, Darren held leadership positions on both the agency and brand side with Global Star USA, BRC Group, Lead Dog Marketing, IMG, and his true passion play side project, the Joe Moore Award, which honors the best offensive lines in the country, and the only National College Football Award to honor a true unit as opposed to the individual. The team theme continues, Darren. Throughout his career, he's <laughs> tapped into his love of sports and the power it evokes with his relationships with the NFL, Major League Baseball, NCAA, and NBA to drive new business partnerships, mentor athletes for success beyond the playing years, and support nonprofit organizations such as the Steve Nash Foundation, the Athlife Foundation, and the Foundation for Teamwork. Darren Rankin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jay. Wow, I was you're really good at what you do. Yeah, I read well. Yeah, I read well. And, uh, you know... It's it's easy, and I, the, the running joke with each guest is, you know, uh, our peer set is at the age where it's like the same response. It's like everyone pretty much says, "Man, it feels old." We're starting to feel old. I have that much in the bio, right? You're getting up, you're getting... <laughs> but uh, especially running agency, as you know, and I know, it's it's also like dog years. But uh, you know, with that, I think I want to start with the origin story of CMD. Tell us who you are in 2021, and then let's go back to the beginning, as I think uh, people find it interesting to be that CMD was a pioneer ahead of its time. Yeah, so to your point, and you, you did it in the write-up, um, we are one of the largest and oldest agencies born here in the Pacific Northwest. And you know, really, it's us and Wyden Kennedy, and everyone knows Wyden Kennedy, and they should, because it's an amazing agency. And mm-hmm. and, and we love being in, in the same area as them, and, and our vision is to be in the conversation with them in the years ahead. And it's it's neat because, you know, and there's so much talent. For those that don't know the Pacific Northwest and specifically in Portland, there's so much creative talent out here, uh, as you can imagine, coming from Nike and, and, and Wyden Kenny and so many other sources. Mm-hmm. And I think a point of pride for me and for CMD is you know, we, we, we've been around the block. You know, we were mm-hmm. 43 years old. Um, we were founded by a gentleman named Doug Crane and – you know, for it's been really neat to see how the agencies progressed and evolved and, and, and matured and, and become who we are today, you know, here in 2021. And I'll, I'll set that, you know, I'll touch that where you mentioned today in 2021, we're, as you mentioned, a full impact agency and you, you listed some of the clients that we work with. But, you know, kind of our strength is being able to find um, impactful moments, whether they're cultural that when you're talking to consumers or they're, they're business drivers when it's ca- talking to, to B2B side of the house that we're able to take. You know, in fact, we actually talk about we, we are we live in a 
beautiful world of data streams and daydreams mm-hmm. <laughs> where we take this this rich rich data no matter who our audience is we're i think we're very very good at helping our our, our clients define who they're trying to reach why they're trying to reach them through a strategic essentially playbook that we've created and then and then bringing that into life through the different channels and you guys you're exceptional at content and that's one of the things i really admire that what teamworks does how well you guys um the machine that you've created with that and you know, we have a similar uh, approach that content is king and no matter what form it takes in the storytelling and so you know we use that strategic playbook to help drive those results for our clients and it's been really fun the fact that we have such discipline we worked with Intel for 30, 32 years hmm. doing some of the most in-depth, crazy white papers that someone in Intel in China only reads and understands, but we know it mm-hmm. <laughs> we know it really well. Mm-hmm. So taking that approach to, you know, working with NFL players uh, to sell Microsoft, Xbox and Surface mm-hmm. and reaching that mass audience at a mass scale and being able to drive results there at, at you know, very high impact, you know, digital storytelling. So, it's really fun. The The unique part about CMD that gets you know tossed in there is about 20 years ago in our, our life, we were actually bought by one of our clients, which was really pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, Geldwin, it's a, it's a big window and door manufacturer here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, they bought us about 20 years ago. And, you know, it's you, you know the story. You, you, you do this with clients all the time where they hire an agency because they want fresh thinking, innovation, you know, something mm-hmm. that they don't have in-house. And then somehow in that that partnership life cycle, it's well, agencies are expensive, and let's bring this in house. And so then they bring it in house, and then they go through that that pendulum mm-hmm. swinging, and then mm-hmm. they come back to the agency, and that cycle continues. Well, Jeldwin just had a third option of studying, you know, instead of an agency or in house, you're like, well, or we just buy the agency. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty interesting. And when they bought the agency, they they let CMD because they loved. You know, the CEO Jeldwin Rod went really liked the innovation and the culture, and he just he didn't want to mess with it, so he kind of let CMD go. Anyway, long story short, two years ago uh, we were lucky enough to buy ourselves back, and so we went hmm. from being founded as an agency, you know, 42 years, 43 years ago by Doug mm-hmm. Crane, to being bought by a global company. Mm-hmm. To two years ago, we bought ourselves back, so we're a fully independent agency here in the Pacific Northwest, and it's been it's been crazy. Um, you know, to your point about being an agency owner now, got a lot more gray hair, <laughs> but you know, I love controlling our own destiny and fate, and yeah. what our team gets to do now as a as a fully independent agency, it's pretty special. Well, you know, it's interesting because the word origin almost needs air quotes there because it's a complex story, yeah. right? Like Geldwin, it's like you. You're 43 years old. You get acquired by Jeldwin, but like I, I so admire Jeldwin for doing that 20 years ago, right? Because people think talk about insourcing and outsourcing as, as as if it's this new thing, and the vision to kind of take an agency, take it in house, right? And it's like even now that you're independent, you're you're you had I gotta believe there's a cultural resonance or residue, I should say, of kind of that that spirit of of pioneering i just love that that origin it's one of the more unique origin stories of anyone we've had on the podcast so i i'm I'm curious if you know if you see that or if it's just a good narrative from the outside no i i see it but it's actually so much more layered um as you can imagine from my my point of view but but you're absolutely right like i give and by the way rod went who is the one that bought these he's also one of the business partners at CMD. So he bought the agency twice. He's one of, <laughs> you know, he's one of my business partners and, and mentors and good friends. Yeah. But it was, it's Nietzsche because he, he was so passionate about CMD. Yeah. 
when he when he led the charge 20 years ago that when that chance to come by and be part of you know us going independent again he still had that same belief and excitement for the agency yeah. 20 years later and it's like wow that's powerful like i want yeah. i want you on this team right yeah. it's a great story so, to tell though too right i mean to it to, is i mean to have him two bites at the apple on both sides and and, and the, the throughput was is cmd says a lot about your company so that's that's super cool absolutely yeah um, so this was fun so let me let's segue into a little bit of the work that you're doing i, I you know we're going to talk about some specific case studies you've got some really sexy names and some really high profile projects like um you know from stranger things and microsoft to space jam and we'll get to those in a minute but i, I am curious you have um the type of work that you do with your brands spans content creation to experiential. And, and I'm just curious, you know, we're, we're taping this right as the calendar turns into August and there's nothing but uncertainty in the air where we're definitely not out of the woods um, 18 months into the, the pandemic. But, you know, several of your clients experiential work was put on hold for, you know, nearly a year and a half. And so I'm curious about, how your perspective has changed and is changing about that relationship between in-person experience and marketing and content? Oh man, that's a great and loaded question. And I'll I'll try to address that without what's going on for the next two hours. Um, At the end of the day, you know, I think the in-person is going to be more important than ever. Um, The the challenge is the the when and the how. And the good news is it's, it's happening now, as you referenced. And every single one of us wakes up every day whether we pray, think good thoughts, you know, meditate, mm-hmm. whatever it is, that this continues, um, that we get to keep the in-person, we get more and more of it. Because we're just all, God damn it, at the end of the day, we're just jonesing for it, Jay, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, mm-hmm. we all need those personal connections. So I think that it's going to be just more and more important as, as we move forward. Um, but I also think that there is now a new opportunity and a new expectation and a new playing field where you get to have interpersonal experience in a new ways, you know, Zoom, Teams, mm-hmm. they've opened up the door that we get to communicate and, and work differently. So I think what's going to happen is now you have more compliments that augment the in-person. And so where some brands and entities just stood up in person all by themselves, and that was kind of kind of the part of the playbook, I think now you get to expand it and, and create more awareness and more reach because you're going to have the in-person, but I think there's going to be a bigger appetite for augmenting that mm-hmm. and continuing that through the tools that we have now because people are just used to it. It's, it's, it's a different expectation where, you know, you go to an event, you get your wristband and your tchotchkes and your experience and you kind of walk away. I think there's going to be more opportunities to precede that with communications as well as continue the conversation after because of what we've gone through the past 18 months. And to your point, it's not done. Yeah. Um, you know, I think people are going to be parallel pathing their marketing efforts for quite some time just because, you know, you can't put all your money in, in a basket that you're going to do this event. And if that event gets delayed, canceled, whatever it is, you need alternatives. Yeah. And content's going to be king. You know, I think, uh, one of our mutual friends, Kim Kopetz, who runs Opus, who's also in the Pacific Northwest experiential agency. We actually yeah, talked awesome. about, yeah, she's great. And we talked about this, this concept. Um, she was on a couple of months ago. And I think one of the things that she said that I thought was insightful. Um, and it's funny cause you guys actually share several clients where they do a lot, some of the in-person stuff and you guys, um, you, you definitely have a, a kindred spirit between your two agencies. Yep, the, for sure. She, she talked about just the, how high the bar is going to be 
um, at in person, right? Like this, this concierge level, like the, the idea of like someone showing up to your event and just navigating them, like for them to kind of go there now and everything that we've learned, it's like the stakes just seem to be higher. And I, I just, I'm finding it fascinating in your approach. I, I totally am on board with and that whole notion of the planning purposes, you have to be planning multi-pronged. It's almost like you can't, you, if you go all in on like, oh, it's going to be an in-person event or, oh, it's going to be virtual, like it, it has to be an and, not an or, I feel going yeah. forward just because not even the life events, just the expectancy of the consumer in terms of, or, or even if it's a B2B of, um, you know, having the options, right? Like it's almost like that's going to, I feel like those, the table stakes are going to emerge of like, what do you mean you don't have a virtual option? What do you mean you don't have an in-person option? Like I think people are going to want kind of a sense of all of the above. Are you seeing that or feeling that? I, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and, and um, you know, I, I think it'll be really interesting and, and data's proving this right now where I remember when sports opened up last, last summer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the NBA bubble and, and, and the NFL and everyone's like, holy cow, everyone's sitting at home because of COVID they're on their couches. Ratings are going to be through the roof like because no one else can go anywhere. Right? right. So of course you're going to partake in every damn sport you can. We're missing it. And as you know, ratings have been down. Yeah. You know, the the Olympics amazing. is down 33%. Yeah. It's like, whoa, this doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You have a captive audience right. now, like legitimately captive audience and, and they're not partaking in this. So I think that's actually very telling to, yeah, people in order to, now go out of their way um, to to put themselves out there because there's still yeah. concerns and trepidation and with crowds and everything else. Or, but forget all that. And, and in order to go experience anything, whether it's it's on, on your TV or your phone or in person, it's got to be good. So Kim is right. Like I, I don't. I'm not going to change my day for something that's mediocre anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm going to go do something that's going to inspire me and excite me and motivate me. And so yeah, you, you do got to up your game. Because the right now, I just don't think we're in a walk by culture anymore. Yeah, I think we're we're going to be a very intentful, driven culture. You know, a destination culture, whether it's it's an event or you know, spending time watching a sporting you know a sporting yeah. event on TV. Interesting. It's now scheduled All more right, than so, ever. So we're going to go case case study deep dive. Let folks get a, a better sense for. Um, CMD, right? And so you can pick. We, you can do your recent award-winning Microsoft Stranger Things project or Space Jam. Pick one and just pick one that's of recent vintage that you think illustrates CMD's sweet spot as an agency. Yeah, I'll. I'll I think that I think that Stranger Things one is really fun. We've partnered with Netflix a couple of times um, and Microsoft to to bring a couple of titles to life. And the Stranger Things ones is interesting because I think that. One of the, the strong points of CMD is the ability to uncover relevant and authentic cultural impact, right? Mm-hmm. And so Stranger Things being based in 1985, <laughs> why would that connect to Microsoft? You know, Microsoft in 2020, actually, mm-hmm. you know? And so that was one of the biggest challenges is, sure, this sounds great. You have, you have great big logos in Microsoft and, and Netflix, and Stranger Things is an amazing show, and okay, and, and, but why? Why are we doing this? And I think the, the one of our, our special sauces is being able to cu- get through all that clutter and come up with the, the why. And in this case, the team did that, and there was actually two of them. It's, you know, the 1985 and the launch of Windows. So mm-hmm. it's like, holy crap, let's, that's obvious. We, we got there, right? Mm-hmm. And 
we love and, and Microsoft champions this super well, the ability for positive impact and to be able to connect it to STEM, and especially mm-hmm. females with STEM was so exciting and inspiring for everybody. And so, you know, we went from culturally this, we were able to connect the dots and it was so fun being able to do a big retro part of this campaign. In fact, the entire concept of the campaign was all retro. So going back in the way back machine and be able to think in 1985, the way Stranger Things does so well and bring everybody back there and our campaign did that, which was great, but then be able to connect it in today's world mm-hmm. with today's youth and, and the desire to, to drive more attention to STEM and especially more opportunities for females within STEM, it was such a, a fun connection. And so it was really neat to be able to see bringing these, these two brands and then this institution to life. And it was such a natural connecting point when we got, got through it all and got the, the, that through line on the strategy. So, so it was really neat bringing that together. So go to the next level, explain to the audience specifically what, what you did, like what, what, what were the components of the campaign and what CMD did? Yeah, so the, the, the way at the start, it was, but I probably just stumbled around and trying to explain, but it was the idea of we, we had ingredients, right? We mm-hmm. had Netflix, Microsoft, Stranger Things, Surface. Okay, mm-hmm. but, but what's going to come out of this? And so I think that's one of the things that you need to start with. And you guys know that too. Content works when there, there's actually something that makes sense. And so being able to come up with a thematic all based upon going back in time and retro and the windows launch and what that looks like, we knew that that was going to be a stopping moment. So we started with that, that thematic of the, the retro part. And we knew, we know that we needed to make sure this has some type of social impact. So once we had those ground rules in play, Jay, we were able to build the campaign after that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we knew that this was going to need to be digitally led. And so we created the whole concept, uh, being able to le- leverage the digital channels from social, but it also needed, uh, to your point, what we talked about earlier, an experiential piece of this. Mm-hmm. And so we, we actually created um, programmer camps that pe- participants were able to be nominated for and then go to, very similar like they do in Stranger Things. So we essentially took Stranger Things and, and many of the thematics of that show and brought that to life you know, through this partnership. Yeah. And so that was really exciting for us in the different extensions of that, including, you know, the programming camps um, with the stars of the show. Yeah, it's it, it's awesome work. I mean, if you go to cmdagency.com, that's C-M as in Mary, D as in dog, agency.com, it's highlighted this case study. And it's it's really robust. I mean, everything that you guys did for so, to bring to life on social and um, you know, just the, the imagery, but the camps, the packaging of, of, I mean, it's like you reinvented a product in, in many ways. And, and it's, it's pretty cool. Every element took you back to 1985 and you have a great case study on the actual website. So check that out. Um, if you're listening at home. So I want to, I want to pivot to what we call collaboration corner. This is where we kind of pull the curtain back on, on agencies and how they actually make things happen behind the scenes. And so you mentioned some of the names that you work with. You have dozens of people who work on some of these accounts. Um, and there's many people involved on the client side in addition to your agency side. So in the spirit of the content studio community, what, what advice do you have on how best to navigate creative without the collaboration leading to a compromise, less than excellent finished product? How do we have collaboration? What was the last part of that, Jay? So how do you how do you give advice on like you have these large teams? So how do we do this and where we don't compromise uh, 
um, the, the, the quality of the finished product or the campaign or the, whatever it may be, right? Because you've got yeah. big teams on your side, big teams on it. And as you know, whenever we get lots of cooks in the kitchen, everyone has opinions. And I'm always fascinated to say, how do we ensure that um, the quality ideas rise to the top and get executed and not compromised? Uh-huh. I love that. Thank you for that clarification because that really helps frame that. I I think one of the first places to start is within CMD, you know, we have four values and our first value is be bold. Mm -hmm. And so, and I share that because I think to me, it's really an applicable part to the answer of one of the ways that you want that I think we're successful is with that value that you, you always have, we always keep pushing ourselves knowing that that's our, our input. Right. Mm -hmm. So you don't, you're absolutely right. At some point in time, clients, budgets, timing, all this stuff comes in with the potential to water down any idea. And, you know, Stranger Things is a good example. There's a, there's a number of different original paths that I can't share because we actually want to bring them back in the mm-hmm. future that were really, really, <laughs> really bold. Mm-hmm. And I think because we started there and we never gave up on them because that's, that's part of our values. And we kept the, it set the bar high and you know, the strangers things is a good example, but that's how we attack all of our, our opportunities. We go out with uh, what's the biggest way that we can bring this to life. And that's, that kind of sets our baseline and we always push ourselves to live up to that. And even when the client, for whatever those reasons I mentioned, there'll be pushback. We always try to reset it. Be like, all right, we hear what you're doing. We understand you have these constraints. How can we up level this and bring it back up again? So I think the fact that we, we start big, and that's we just keep challenging ourselves to deliver on that. Uh, it, it sounds simple. It, it's not because <laughs> mm-hmm. not a, they, they always don't turn out that way. Um, but I think the other part is, and I think like a lot of creative agencies, you know, we have more stuff on the cutting floor than we do in reality. Um, but we always we always love the fact that the stuff that gets on the cutting floor, we we put such effort to writing out and make it happen because we have such belief in it. And if it doesn't make it this time, it's one of those things that we put it in that keep it bold category and we file it and we're like, well, let's see if we can bring this back again. And so I think that mentality always of never walking away from a bold idea and having that as part of our culture kind of ingrains that effort to, to shoot hard, to shoot a little bit higher when we bring these things to life. I'm, I'm just, I'm grinning and my hands are kind of together because the cutting room floor, I'm, I'm hoping, man, you gave the tease going back in that time machine. I'm with Microsoft. I got to believe Darren Rankin, early nineties, short shorts, Harvard basketball. You've got to indoctrinate <laughs> that somehow. Tell me that's on the cutting room floor. Wait, were you short shorts at that time or, or had no. we segued into the, Fab Five long shorts at that point. I can't oh yeah, remember. no, the Fab Five set the course, and you know, no one's no one is going to have a, have a, any crossover in reality that Harvard has the same budgets as the Fab Five at Michigan. <laughs> so I'm pretty certain I was still wearing hand-me-down, you know, uniforms from the year before or the year before that, you know. Oh. But uh, oh, no, no, so no. Funny. Now high school, you know, you got high school I'm sure some short footage shorts. of me and my brother Big Kev. Yep. Yeah, that that might be around but we'll we'll make sure that never gets seen no one has vhs anyway anymore so yeah. those those tapes are well well hidden yeah well i i hate to say this because people may look it up but at youtube all of my high school videos just somebody found old 
stuff and put it up there. And that was one of the comments was the shorts were like egregiously <laughs> short oh, from yeah. circa 87 to 91 when I was there. All right. Communication cliff notes. Share. I, I, this part really fascinates me. And see, this is just kind of like free advice for me. It's like instead of paying consultants, I just get really smart people like yourself on and just ask them these questions. So I'm curious how CMD best communicates internally and externally with clients on projects. Like, not just only conceptually, but like literally tactically, like Slack, email, and those types of things. Yep. What, what what advice do you have for communication change? Oh my goodness! Well, we're teams. We're a big teams. You know, first of all, Microsoft's a client, so that, that makes sense. But we started using Teams prior to the pandemic, and mm-hmm. so I think we were we were relying on that tool earlier. And so we're we're all in on Teams, and we love it. Um, you know, how we communicate with clients, but we're also flexible. If, at the end of the day, if a client mm-hmm. has a different medium, sure. You know, we, we're not going to, we're not going to force our, mm-hmm. our desire to work our way with knowing that some, you know, no, we're not going to tell until how to work differently mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end mm-hmm. of the day or, or Microsoft or, or whoever, um, these big companies are. But I think the hardest part in this, and I'll honestly, Jay, it's, it's, I'm very happy with how CMB has performed over the last 18 months and it, it's static in many ways very proud, but we're not as efficient mm-hmm. internally. We're not as efficient with clients and neither are our clients. You know, at the end of the day, this goes back to the other part of the conversation. Like I, I, I was so excited to do my first face-to-face business meeting, you know, a couple months ago. Um, and I, we've had clients in the office and nothing replaces those meetings yeah. where, you, you know, you get 10 people in the office and you just focus and you brainstorm and mm-hmm. two hours later you walk out and you're just a, you're a better partner. Um, so, you know, I think the hardest part right now is, is everyone's trying to figure out how to bring, you know, 18 months into this, we're just struggling because everyone wants to, as you talked about in a different chat, we're struggling to have that interpersonal experience mm-hmm. and we're satisfied, we're, we're settling for the best op- way to do it digitally. And so I, I think moving forward, we're going to continue to push to have that balance between digital allows speed reach great we're going to use that the same way you, know, you talk about experiences use digital for reach and, and velocity mm-hmm. but then use you know force the in person to have the higher impact and engagement yeah that's and interesting. create that balance yeah you know it's interesting not to get into like a agent a wonky agency communication conversation but like it's like it, it's one of the things that fascinates me i think we all um, in the service industry can improve on like some of the basics. It's like, there's the, there's the philosophical, how do you communicate with clients? But then it's like each individual is different, right? Some people are the, you know, I don't want to know the details. Give me the update in an email on Friday, once a week, are we on target a green, yellow, red. And then you have other people who, you know, if you don't hear from them, um, they think you're not working on the project and everything in between. And so it's almost like I've always talked about, man, we should be doing like a psychological profile, <laughs> client intake. Oh, yeah. Like, how do you want to be communicated with? It's it's so complex. And then to your point, now that you throw the wrinkle in of everyone trying to figure out back in office, how often, how, for, what, it, it's, it's a challenge. So I appreciate you being so honest and sharing that. All right, success metrics. How do you approach this with your clients up front and share a recent example of how you delivered on it. We approach it very directly. 
it, it has to be part of the conversation. Um, and so, and I love the fact that you brought up this idea of essentially a kickoff and that is, and I, I, I glossed over that. That is part of our, our kickoff. You know, mm-hmm. when we sit down with a, with a new client and we're kicking off the partnership or it's an existing client, we're kicking off a new project. Um, we revisit certain thematics and one of them is yes. How are we going to communicate? Mm-hmm. Who's the team? Who's the owner roles, mm-hmm. responsibilities, and yes, success metrics. And the reality is some of our clients, they're spot on. They know exactly what they want to do, mm-hmm. how they're going to do it, how they're going to get the data. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's perfect. We button it up and then we work to deliver on that. We have other clients that they can't connect. They can't do the handshake between marketing effort and sales mm-hmm. or, um, you know, so that then they kind of revert, mm-hmm. I guess, back to, well, no, let's just do this and get this out there. We're like, no, no, there's gotta be a way to measure it. Right. And, and we'll continue that to force that conversation. We hate settling for the glam metrics of mm-hmm. impressions. And mm-hmm. the reality is Jay, sometimes that's what the client wants. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so we always will try to have a variant of that, mm-hmm. uh, to up level it. And, uh, but you know, that goes back to the working with the client and knowing when to push and when to pull back. And sometimes we've done it where we can't get the client to commit to a certain metric because it's just not, it's not a part of their aware. It's more importantly, not going to go up in their channel of command. Like mm-hmm. they just, it's not, not relevant to them as much, but we'll go back and do some of stuff on our, our end. Well, like, let's say if, if it's an e-com client, we'll mm-hmm. watch, we'll watch card abandonment or something like that. Mm-hmm. And just to show that we'll pick it, we'll follow it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll show the trend on the back end. And just let the client know that there are other ways to track these things. So uh, long story short, success metrics are huge. We go, it, it's primary to us that we identify them. We don't always win, mm-hmm. um, but we, ha- we have to push to have them in the mix as the conversation, both up front and then closing the gap if we were success, how successful we were at the end. Cool. Uh, you mentioned how you've been part of a unique journey, right? Now being part of a team that bought back CMD. So I lose you there, Jeff. No, I'm here. You got all me. right. The yep. the wish I would have known segment. As an agency president, I'm curious about the top wish I would have known lessons you've learned since you started at CMD. <laughs> um, man, and it changes by day right now. Yeah, you know, I will be thankful to understand how we get through this. In all honesty, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's you know I I the big resignation hashtag big resignation or the turnover. Mm -hmm. I've never been through anything like this in in my career, Jay, Mm -hmm. with such such change in, 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 in resourcing and employees, you know, turnover and people moving and coming and going. Um, you know, I think one of the things I wished I had better understood, uh, and, and we're learning really the, the true impact on, on culture, but more importantly, how to, how to, one of the things we talked about this conversation, I'm very proud of the fact that we're a 43 year old agency, mm-hmm. but that comes with its own challenges because when you start from scratch, you get to create your skull, your culture from scratch. Mm-hmm. And we are continually trying to change a 43 year old culture that, and, and not throw it away, but build off of it and prove it. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's, that is a lot harder than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's really not one point. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's not like you walk in and be like, okay, if we change this this year, our culture is different. It's mm-hmm. no, it's it's literally micro after micro um, area to improve, 
And that, that takes a lot more time and intentionality than I understood. And I think COVID is shining a light on it yeah. in good and bad ways. Um, but yeah, trying to change culture uh, that that's already been existing with very, very talented people that are part of it and doing it the right way was is a lot harder work than I anticipated. That's so funny. I just thought of this. It's like a thought bullet. I think one of the the biggest challenges, right, to your point is like, I think one of the things that we do best is kind of the recruiting onboarding process. Like, uh, you know, I could be, I've been challenged on this before, but I'm of the, um, if you're going to get a job at Teamworks, I want you by the time you get the offer to feel like you earned it, right? That it wasn't oh, yeah. like a, a phone call or two and you get an offer. Like, no, like you really had to go through, not, not in like a, you know, uh, Greek life hazing kind of way, but in a like like legitimately earn your stripes and yep. and we had that pretty dialed in and then COVID hit and hiring people remotely it just you know put us back on our heels a little. It's like well wait a minute we can't rely on that you know process that we had and what does that look yep. like remotely and and to your point it's like that's one thread of an entire thing and especially I, I would put both of us, even though you're much larger than we are manpower wise, we're still in the big picture, small business category. Oh, sure. Right. And, and yep. for, for people running agencies like that, it's like, Oh my gosh, like you could spend all your time on HR strategy and nothing else. And your years filled. And but that's one of like 25 things that as a president and owner of the company, you have to worry about. So it's really interesting, the culture piece there. And I can, it's uh, insightful on your part. So morning musts, last home stretch here, two questions. Morning yep. musts, fess up on your email inbox or social follows, your morning routine of how you stay on top of business industry news. Yeah, so I've actually, although once again, COVID's kind of thrown a little bit wrench in this and not honestly, I've just, I've enjoyed more family time, but, I, but my morning routine is I get up six o'clock and get the dog out. We have a, we have mm-hmm. a dog that needs to, to go for a run. And so I put on a podcast and I kind of have my routine of podcasts that mm-hmm. that's where I start my day with the, the industry knowledge, whether it's the two Bobs or build a better agency mm-hmm. um, or Tony Robbins or Tim Ferriss, whatever the, mm-hmm. that one is I'm listening or teamworks media uh, <laughs> and your nice. podcast today, well which done. I love. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of, you know, that's how I start my day is I get to go, I mentally get to kind of turn things off a little bit. Cause you know, if you're, you're a runner, like you get out there, mm-hmm. And you just go. And I have this podcast in the background, so I'm learning um, passively while, I, while I'm doing my morning routine. But I don't, I don't wake up. I don't check email. I nope. I beeline right to to getting the shoes on, getting the dog leashed mm-hmm. up, and going. Um, I get back from that run, and I do a quick calm meditation. You know, quick ten mm-hmm. minutes, and then you know I go and, and move on to my day. And the the, the first thing I do, and I, this has actually been a positive with COVID is, uh, you know, I go and I wake up my kids. <laughs> that's, mm. a, that's the first thing I'll do. And then once they're awake and, and then I'll, I'll stop and I'll check email. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if there's anything pressing or burning or, or, or whatever it might be. Um, but I've really enjoyed how that's, that's played out, it, you know, and that routine has been a, around for a while, but the, the starting with the waking up the kids, COVID's allowed me to do that because, you know, pre COVID, even though I'm waking up at six, I'm out the door by seven thirty, And so mm-hmm. that hour and a half, like you're packing a lot in. Mm-hmm. Well, COVID, none of us had to leave anywhere. Right. So it, right. it allowed this, this neat yep. flexibility in the morning. That I just have really loved, you know, I have a 10 year old and an eight year old 
and being able to, to wake them up in the morning and spend time, even five minutes that I didn't have before, it's just super awesome. So at the risk really of at the risk of patronizing you, um, hang on to that because as a father of three now high school girls, that wake up thing in the morning and being in their space is like backfire city. Get the hell out of here. What are you doing? Dad, I'm getting dressed. Uh. All right, final one for you, Darren. Bedside bookstand. What are you reading for fun? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you said for fun because I, I used to do my business reading before I went to bed. I would never sleep. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't have the brain. So, nope, I don't do any work reading, you know, in my, you. you know, in the bed anymore. And so, yeah, I just actually just got for my birthday the new John Grisham, Grisham book, Suli. Okay. And it's his first book. It's it's a it's about a basketball player. Nice. And so I'm really excited to open that bad boy up and enjoy that one. Um, so that'll be fun. But yeah, my my nighttime reading is all it's like John Grisham books and Clive Cussler and just really stupid books that mm-hmm. I can just turn off and enjoy and love it. And hopefully fall asleep. Awesome. Well, you know, Darren Rankin, head of CMD agency, totally appreciate your candor coming on here and sharing some of your insights from the c-suite on um, brand storytelling really appreciate your time well thank you i mean you make this so easy jay like you know as a pro's pro so um, my whole thing is like i gotta live up to this like such high expectations such such high expectations and great great people on the show like i gotta bring it otherwise he's gonna give me you know crap for the next 10 years well before before we jump off i am gonna hold you to uh I, i gotta i'm gonna track down a uh Darren Rankin in the Harvard long shorts from the early 90s. So, but we'll, if I could do that, I'll share that in the show notes. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Darren, we'll touch base soon. Thanks for listening to Brand Story Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn. 